Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Let's open our Bibles to Acts chapter 8. Let's begin with verse 25. The Bible says, And they... From 25, and they, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to what? Jerusalem, and preached the gospel in many villages of Samaritans. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go towards south, and to the way that goeth down Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority, and Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for worship. She was returning and sitting, so he was returning and sitting in his chariots, and he was reading Isaiah the prophet. And he said, The Spirit of the Lord said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to the chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and had him read the prophet Isaiah and said unto him, Understandest thou what readest? And he says, How can I accept some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb down before his shearer, so opened not his mouth. In humiliation his judgment was taken away. Who shall declare this to this generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, Pray thee for whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto the man. And they went on their way, and they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he was baptized. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went into his way rejoicing. That was the eunuch. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached all in, in all cities till he came to Caesarea. Somebody say amen. <clears throat> say amen the second time. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Now begin this way. Um, there's a prophecy that was spoken of God attaining the church. There are many things that were spoken, okay? And um, in the end times, there are prophecies of wars and rumors of war. Some of you have heard. In the end time, there are prophecies of, um, of, of pestilences and disease. In the end time, there are prophecies of iniquity abounding, okay? And um, the son of perdition exposed, the son of lawlessness um, the, the love of many waxing cold and walking out of, of God and because iniquity doth abound. And you must know that the reason why people don't love God a certain way is because there is iniquity. 
You get it? That's the principle. And because iniquity doth abound, the Bible says the love of many has what? Waxed cold. Some people, their love for God is not, it's not there. You get where I'm coming from? There are many things that are spoken of in the last days. But, wonderfully, one of the things probably that catches my spirit every time I think about the end time prophecy is the fact that he said that in the last days, knowledge shall increase. Hallelujah. Knowledge shall increase. Now, when the Bible says that in the many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased in the time of the end, it means that, we, yes, there are going to be wars, rumors of wars and all this stuff that is going to happen. In fact, God tells the church, <laughs> be of good cheer. That one, you shouldn't worry. We actually are not supposed to worry about wars and rumors of wars and pestilences and all these kinds of things. No. If you read the Olivet Discourse and then you come from the Olivet Discourse and go to the next parable, you realize that God is more interested in what we are supposed to be doing now than our anticipation of counting of days and the form of, of, of predictions that sometimes are important but sometimes might not be as necessary to, to, to affirm who we are and the divine mandate that the Lord has placed upon our lives. Not that we ought not to be conscious about the coming of our Lord or that our hearts are not supposed to pant every day um, for, for the coming of our Lord. But, but what is tiring Jesus Christ, what is delaying God is, is his love and long-suffering. You understand? The Bible clearly speaks of the place where his love and long-suffering comes and abounds. And it says in Romans 2.4, how men question the long-suffering and his love toward men, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth men to repentance. The reason why Jesus Christ is not yet back is because he's waiting for certain people to come in the sheepfold. The moment certain people ask, come in the sheepfold, Jesus will come. Okay? But you see, you must be very careful when, for example, we are talking about the coming of Jesus Christ. Okay? Um, he's coming for a church that is without spot or wrinkle. John the Revelator has a revelation of who God is at the island of Patmos, and too much is revealed to him. You understand? And eternally, the word working in him speaks out of abundance and says, come quickly, Lord Jesus. But that is not so the knowledge of every man of God to say that, come quickly, Lord Jesus, when they know not the state under which John the Revelator spoke. Are you hearing me? He had seen way too much and he said, you know what, God, come quickly. And there's a reason why Jesus didn't come, even though John the Revelator prayed it. It was because God needed to tell John the Revelator that even though you've gotten too much revelation of who I am as a person and you are eager for my coming, you understand? There's, the Bible speaks of them which are eager for the coming of our Lord. You understand? There are people the Bible calls eager for the coming of our Lord. Have you heard of that? There are men which are waiting, eager for the coming of our Lord. Are you hearing? But they are not eager because they are sick. They are not eager because they are beggarly. They are not eager because they are disgruntled and disadvantaged. They are not eager because they are going through too much and they are saying, you know what, God, I'm tired of this world. I wish you come very quickly and take us home. You understand? They are eager because there is a dealing of the spirit in them that has perfected them to a certain level. That is why the Bible speaks of men of old and says they are guys to whom the world was not worthy. The Bible says, and some having been delivered, the Bible says they refuse deliverance. They refuse deliverance. It doesn't mean that God did not himself want to deliver them from pestilence or disease or any of those things that were surrounding them. But the Bible says some refuse deliverance. Okay? And the Bible speaks of men of whom the world was not worthy. Okay? You can read there. Hebrews 11.35. It says, women received their dead raised to life, and others were tortured, listen, not accepting deliverance, 
that they might obtain a better resurrection. Next verse. Uh-huh. And others had trial, cruel motives and scourgings. Yeah, moreover, of bounds and imprisonment. Uh-huh. They were stoned. They were sown asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Of whom, the Bible says, the world was not worthy. The Bible says they wandered in deserts and in mountains and in the dens and in the caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained the promise, uh, promises, did not probably receive the promise. Okay, But you see, there are people of whom the world was not worthy. They refused deliverance. That means they went through torment. They were tried. Okay, They were under particular attacks by the devil. And God had the power to deliver them. And he extended his hand of deliverance. And they said, no, we would rather die for this gospel. But you see, that is another knowledge in God. Oh, that is another knowledge in God. The challenge with that is that as Christians, we, are, we don't function circumspect to the timings of heaven. Every man and minister in our time, many of them are actually doing their own part. Eh? I'm a preacher, let me preach. I'm a teacher, let me teach. I'm an evangelist, let me evangelize. I'm a prophet, let me prophesy. I'm an apostle, let me apostolize. I'm a pastor, let me... But, but, but you get where I'm coming from. Eh? So everybody wants to do their part. But you see... When we know the numbering of days, like Psalms 90 says, teach us to number our days that we might apply our hearts unto your wisdom. Consequently, you must understand that the church also moves under a particular time clock. And that is why the ultimate instruction is not to redeem time. The ultimate instruction is to redeem the time. Are you hearing me? Meaning that there's a difference between time as you know it. It is seven something. There's also a difference between the time as we know it eternally. But no man can ever understand the timing of the spirit until you start to walk in the dimensions of the spirit. Circumspectly, um, to, to, to the hunger that you carry toward God. For example, I told people, there is no man in the first, second, and third dimension with the understanding of heavenly time. No man in the first, second, third dimension of the spirit, okay, has understanding of heavenly time. Heavenly time is different from earthly time. One day in the house of the Lord is better than a thousand in the world. You understand? So God can speak of three days actually meaning 3,000 years. You get where I'm coming from? But until you go to the fourth dimension, because the fourth dimension of the spirit is the place where God starts to help you differentiate the difference between the timing of God and the timing of men. You understand? That's how you start to know, oh, according to the time in the heavenly places, this is purpose. This is the mind of the spirit pertaining to the church. When we move like that, we can judge ourselves against what is distributed in its own timing and consequently know where the church is and position ourselves as Christians to know what we ought to do. I can tell you for a fact that if people don't know their own timing, they can think of a progress which is actually regression. I repeat, a person can think that they are moving so fast until they are weighed against heavenly time. And then some of them might be to the shock that they are slow. And some moving faster than they ought to. You get where I'm coming from? And that is the maturity for the church to get to a place of understanding. Because I want to tell you this, that every generation comes with its level of revelation. And consequently, that's the very representation of the copies of things you see in the earthly. That this year, 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14, probably have seen more innovations and inventions scientifically than probably the years former. 
Like the men in the world are advancing in many things, in your mobile phones, in whatever technology you carry, gadgets and all these things. You must understand that there is a grace that is advancing in the lives and the spirits of men. Why? Because the Bible says that wisdom is the mother of all innovation and inventions. In other words, even that guy who is not born again, functions by the spirit of wisdom. He might not be born again, but he functions by the spirit of wisdom. Because the Bible says that wisdom is the mother of all inventions and innovations. That means there is nothing that a man can think of by science, for example, and it's not ordained by God. He might not believe in God, but because the giftings and callings of God are without repentance, whether you want it or not, God is the one working in the lives of man to give a man witty inventions. You understand? That's what the Bible calls it. So, I also don't understand how Christians also... You see, this... Okay, let me also make this a lighter note. God could not have given a guy an idea to make a very nice gadget if he didn't have you in, your, in mind. You understand? Eh? So, don't feel so bad because and unholy because you have a new phone, a Galaxy S6H. You understand? For you, you think that piousness and, and humility before God is holding an old Nokia phone, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, I wisdom dwell with what? Prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. Anything that is invented on the face of the earth has the spirit of wisdom to it. So God knew, for example, that probably you'd need the next Mercedes-Benz of 2015. But some people say, for us, we we don't want the things of the world. (laughs) For us, we are going to heaven in our own way. As long as God, for me, tell me that I'm going to heaven. Me, I don't want. Ah, what mommy God, me, I want. (laughs) The Bible says, "Why well, it's Apollos or Paul. Whether things present or things to come. Is there another thing coming next year? Yes. He says, for all things are yours and you are Christ. He's talking about those things. Yet people are sinning. They are dying. Listen, we shall get them out of sin. We'll raise them from the dead. But these things are also important. Say amen in the name of Jesus. Say amen in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. He says whether things present or things to come. All things to come. All things to come. The next invention coming is yours. It's yours. The Bible says that the Lord giveth us all things to enjoy. Eh, eh? He giveth us all things to enjoy. So stop feeling, you know, some people have a very wrong understanding of of, of salvation. They think in salvation you have to hold, hold a very old bag, a very old shoe. And the very old clothes and the oldest line of hair. You understand? So that people can realize, hey, huh, that sister can pray. You understand? <laughs> she, she, she knows God. She even refused to hold mobile phones. She refused to hold a tablet. She refused to drive an expensive car. We're driving them and we're raising dead men and making the lame walk and opening blind eyes. What are you talking about? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. So somebody say, it's mine. Whatever is good in this world is mine. For the Lord giveth us all things that we may enjoy. Hallelujah. Give me the amplified of that. Read. Uh-huh. As for the rich in this world, charge them not to be proud and arrogant and contemptuous of others. Nor set their hopes in uncertain riches, but on God who richly uh-huh, and ceaselessly provides us with everything for our what? Somebody, somebody say everything is mine. He just doesn't want you to be arrogant and contemptuous and trusting in those things. But he doesn't change the fact 
that there is a ceaseless flow. <laughs> there is a ceaseless flow of good things for you to enjoy in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And those things are a tool for the gospel. They are not for you to come and say, hey, I have a Benz. Eh? Talk to me nicely. Eh? No, 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 no. It's to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Now back. So I was saying that if a man has not yet understood, for example, the fourth dimension, the redeeming of the time, you cannot understand the time and time, earthly time and heavenly time. And when a man understands the way the heavenly time moves, you start to get a certain burden. There is a burden that can never be revealed to you. Like that's why the psalmist says that the numbering of days is that we might apply our hearts unto the wisdom of God. That means there's a certain wisdom that we can never truly hunger for if we don't carry a certain understanding of times. Are you hearing me? Otherwise, Paul would not have known when he would have finished. He said, I have run my race. I have finished my course. You understand? I am now awaiting. Okay? It's one thing for me to run what I must run, finish what I must finish, but do I have the mind of what God has toward the church? Can I understand and know exactly what ought to be redeemed and what ought not to be redeemed? To lose the things we cannot keep and keep the things we must not lose? Hallelujah. So, for example, when the Bible says that in the last days, knowledge shall increase. Knowledge shall increase. Among all the prophetic things that's spoken of God, that is one of the greatest things that the church could and should and must embrace. The fact that knowledge increases. Like the world has increased in technology, in industry, commerce, and any kind of thing. Management skills are changing. The world is advancing and it's moving at a fast rate. Some of you, what you took two years to do, whether by a mobile phone when you are an adult, your kid at four, eight, four years eh, knows how to go through the whole phone. He can even probably remove the battery, replace. You understand but some people took two years to learn those mobile phones. But their kids just get them. They know where games are, galleries are. You understand? Then somebody says, oh my God, my child is smart. Everybody's kid does that. You understand? <laughs> you know, that's something I've, I've never understood about women, by the way. My son is smart. He said, mommy, go. Really? Every kid says, mommy, go. But that's faith. And the Bible says, and Moses' parents, seeing that he was a goodly child, okay? It's a good thing to see. It's a good thing to see that he's a goodly child, okay? It is wonderful for you to see it. Praise the Lord. I'm like, really? Probably some of us even spoke more words. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So, the increase of knowledge, the place where knowledge increases in the last days, and God is distributing knowledge to us. Eh? Sometimes, again, it takes me back to the ultimate question. Because it says, not many of you should desire to be masters. For with us shall come a heavier judgment. And the Bible says that to whom much is given, much is what? Much is required. I have for a few days started to analyze and, and the Lord has been speaking to me about the weight of responsibility that the church is supposed to have by reason of the knowledge that is being distributed to us in these last days. And ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you that I've gotten sometimes to, to tears because 
we are too far we are too far we are too far we've made lame men walk hmm? hasn't it ever happened before it has we've raised dead people hasn't it ever happened before it has we've we've done great things okay we've prophesied you know hasn't it ever happened before we have all the gifts that we carry have happened before you understand and the lord began to tell me that sometimes stagnation is not when somebody is not moving ahead no Sometimes stagnation is when somebody stays doing the same thing that existed before. Every revival has healing. Every revival has breakthrough. Every revival has all the fivefold ministries. Either great teachers, great evangelists, pastors, prophets, and that is wonderful. But what is making the church stagnant is when you look at it and realize this one existed in 1932. It happened under a certain man's hand before. That is stagnant. The Bible says that eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. It has not entered the hearts of man. What the Lord hath prepared, present continuous. For them that love him. But the Bible says, and he hath revealed it unto us by his spirit. For the spirit, the Bible says, such as the deep things. Are you hearing me? Or probably give me the amplified of that. He says, yet to us, uh God has unveiled, listen, revealed them by and through his spirit. For the Holy Spirit, such as what? Diligently, comma, exploring and examining everything, even sounding the profound and bottomless things of God. You see, and that's why we miss it. Because here the spirit sounds. It ain't voice. The reason why we're missing certain things is because the spirit of God sounds. He doesn't voice. And many of us respond to voice. Not the sound of things. And so the realities of heaven, if not revealed by voice, to many a time, the dictates of the very things become so hard for our spirits to bear. That is why when Paul speaks of this man who went to the third dimension of the spirit and he saw things which were not lawful to utter. You understand? The Amplified says he, he saw things which, and he had utterances, listen, beyond the power of man to put into words which man is not permitted to utter. You see, when you try to dig out deeply, you realize that many of us don't even know that place. But we claim that we do. Now when you start to carry a burden of things that require certain utterance, which by law, as a man you're not lawful to deliver, it means that you can only deliver the very things by the Spirit. Are you hearing? You cannot minister certain things physically. That means that our limitation sometimes is when we think we must speak always. We must do. That's why he says, if a man should speak, let him speak as the oracle. Meaning that sometimes there is no necessity of us speaking to the preaching of the gospel. It is probably a level of it. But there are things that we could have in a figure ministered to people without even speech. 
by reason of the things that God has exposed to us. But today's what we know and what we do as a church, we talk and we are talking too much. Let me tell you, what haven't people heard? God people have had stuff. You see people seated there, you might think that they are immature. No, guys are there, but they are mature in their own way. If you get a guy and analyze, ask him, you go through Old Testament prophets and ask him story by story. People know too much in the Bible. But the only difference is that everything that was taught to us was after the tradition and the doctrines of men, but not after the doctrines of Christ. Why? Because Paul is clear in Titus. If it is a truth, it must tend to a certain level of godliness. As knowledge increases, there has to be a certain manifestation that is working with us because we know. But how can we seem to know what doesn't carry results and then we say that we know? What is knowledge if it doesn't produce results? Revelation is redemptive power. If God has to reveal certain things, it means that he has to give us the glory and grace to move in a certain dimension. Okay? That is why when you look at the life of Jesus Christ, he knows he will heal by the hem of the garment. But Jesus never registers the life of healing by shadows. Couldn't he have healed? He could have healed. Okay? But it's not registered and not important at a particular level because he knows there is a principal set of glory to glory and he knows that if he heals by a cloth, okay, Peter is going to heal by a shadow. Paul is going to heal by a hunky. And he knows you and I are probably going to heal under another dimension. You get where I'm coming from? But you see, healing under a shadow is okay. But it's not supposed to be a testimony for the church. Because that's stagnation. Peter did that. Peter did it. You understand? You see something and say, no, but Paul did that. Ezekiel did that. Are you hearing me? So and so did that. If the Bible says that the things that were written were written and fought for our learning, that through comfort and patience of scripture, we might have hope. You understand? There is a hope, there is a hope that the church must keep if we have to see God. We, we have to keep a certain hope. And I'm going to explain that hopiness in a while. So I'm not saying it's wrong to do miracles and walk in the miraculous faculties. No. I'm only saying, are we stagnant or are we moving somewhere else? If I has not seen, I'm not talking about what we have seen. I'm talking about what I has not seen. Are you hearing me? Raising dead men, the eye has seen. Making the lame men walk, the eye has seen. You understand? Opening deaf ears, you, you guys have seen. You understand? We do that. Healing Chronicles, you are there. Now, we are not talking about that. No. We are talking about something that when people see, they say, uh-uh, this one I've never seen it. When you, you teach, people say, no, this one I've never heard it. When you prophesy, people say, uh-uh, no, this one I've never heard this way. You understand? When you're healing, people say, no, I've seen modes of healing, but this is not something anybody has ever done before. We want something that will go down in the pages of history as something like no man. I flipped through a channel and I saw some guy who is a magician, this guy stood live on television in the United States and said, I'm going to do something that is going to be talked about in this city forever. This was the magician. He stood on a building like 40 or 50 floors high and he walked on it like down. You know The building was like this. Eh? He just went like this walking and then he walked down the building eh? as it was like this. Then after that he walked off. 
But when he was going to do it, he said, I'm going to do something that is going to be remembered forever in this city. I said, nay, God, over my bone again. <laughs> Who is understanding what I'm saying? But if a magician can do those things, where is the church? Christians can't even walk on water. And we're saying, there's a revival. <laughs> Who is understanding what I'm saying? Oh God, help me. Do you understand what I'm saying? My heart has started now to be a bit disturbed about some of these things that I see. Not that the magician is supposed to teach me God. But I'm saying, what power can a magician have versus the power that a child of God has? And the guy, he, he, he got people and they all gathered. Huh? And all of them came. Yeah? And then he started to, to tell them names, places, things that the church is supposed to do. And I was like, oh God. And the guy is going to see that and then you come to him and tell him, you see, Jesus loves you. You see, which, you understand? Do you get where I'm coming from? So, when the Bible says that knowledge shall increase, isn't there supposed to be an expectation that the glory must increase? That's why he says in Ephesians that the church is coming from, he says, for I am coming, people quote spot without wrinkle, but they don't quote the word glorious. The Bible says that he might present it to himself a glorious church. Not having spot nor wrinkle. A glorious, he didn't say a sinless church. No, he knows that sin, sinless is part of it. But it's not the whole picture. Living a sinless life is part of that story. But it's not the whole story. He wants to present a glorious church without spot nor wrinkle. Because now he has weighed the places of offense. And sometimes the places of offense is not when a man steals and lies. That is babes. There's another place also that is of offense. He has spoken of men who cannot judge with knowledge and judgment that they cannot examine the things that are most excellent. And the Bible says, and for such men there is offense. That is why he says, and this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in what? Knowledge and in all what? Judgment that you may approve the things that are excellent that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. And here, the place of offense is not the man that the man stole butter or, or fish. You understand? The place of offense here is when a man cannot examine the things, approve and examine the things most excellent through judgments and knowledge. Because he doesn't abound in a certain level of love. If we are not in a certain level of love, there is a certain level of revelation we cannot have. You look at people who don't walk in love. There are things God can never allow them to know. Any man who doesn't walk in love, there's revelation that is not worth it. Why? Because God needs to strike the balance of the knowledge that puffs up and the love that edifies. But if you carry not the place of edification, what is revealed to you might lead to your own destruction. You understand? Because knowledge puffeth up and love Edifies. So, if God has to reveal to you a certain depth, he must trust you enough to the place of edification. And the place of edification that seeketh to become all things with a maturity that you might gain some. To them who are under the law, as one which is under the law. To them which are without law, as one who is without law. To them who are plain, as one who is plain. 
to them who are wise as one who is wise. Meaning that sometimes even though we carry the abundance of revelation, sometimes the celebration of heaven is not how much we drop mysteries in the hearts of men. Sometimes it is the maturity of knowing how much we carry and passing forth more because we must raise certain, place, certain men to certain places as appointed by divine purpose, by God for some of those men to move. The name Barnabas means one who has much but giveth up more. Barnabas was the first guy to bring soul to, go to, to the Jerusalem church. In the separation, the spirit said, separate me Barnabas and Saul. He didn't say separate me Saul and Barnabas. Because there was a precedence of Barnabas coming before Saul, even in the mind of the spirit. Saul could not come before Barnabas. In fact, when you got there, you realize that God still, the spirit still referred him as Saul. In other words, that he had been changed, but the spirit had not yet approved of his conversion. He was still of a lot. That's why you realize that in the preachings of Antioch and the, the primary ministry journeys of the Bible, you realize that Barnabas was the one who went always before Saul. Even in Jerusalem, they trusted Barnabas to go before Saul. But he had a power that has to raise this guy from the back end and raise him as the minister that should be step by step until a time when the Holy Spirit now starts to refer them as Paul and Barnabas. But the transition from Barnabas, Saul, Barnabas, Paul, Paul, Barnabas. Many people don't understand what transpires there. They think that Paul was always above. Little Mark leaves them in the war. And the next thing we know, Barnabas, spiritual maturity. He tells the guy, let's carry Mark again. Paul says, no, I'm not going with that boy. He deserted us in the gospel. The Bible says, and they had no little feud. They fought until Paul went with Cyrus. Why? Because there he was trying to get puffed up that he knows. You understand? He was now trying to prove that he knows more than his peer, Barnabas. Why? Because sometimes love can make a man look foolish. I mean, it's the man who wants to demonstrate knowledge. You get where I'm coming from? So sometimes there's a silence of men who know too much and they hold back. And then sometimes we interpret that knowledge of holding back. Now, I'm not talking about indifferently, indifferent guys who don't know, but act like they know, and they're holding back, yet they don't know. No. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about there are people in this world who know too much, but they choose to hold back simply because there is a love that seeketh the edification of one who is not yet to the level of understanding. And that love that carries that man along the way to the places of maturity, and sometimes the ultimate knowledge that these men sometimes will go ahead of us in some things. They'll heal more than us. They'll prophesy more than us. They'll do all these kinds more than us. And that's okay. So, Saul is Barnabas. In fact, in the beginning of the gospel, Saul was holding Barnabas' bag. Barnabas was the one leading him. That is why even if you go in the Antioch church, eh? no, the church in Jerusalem, even the church in Jerusalem, it said, and they commissioned Barnabas and Paul. You get it? Because to them, there was always a place of maturity on Barnabas' life. The son of consolation. The one who has much, but giveth more over. Why? Because the Lord had spoken to Barnabas that even though you know too much, there's going to come a time where this guy is going to know more than you. But in the maturity of knowing too much, sometimes there must be a humility to serve him in future. 
But when that time comes, Barnabas, be humble. Now, you see where I'm going. How can I serve a guy whom I went before? You understand? That's not the point. The point is, what is the Spirit of God saying? You understand? And Joseph, who by the apostles was son and Barnabas, which is being interpreted as the son of consolation, the Levite. They call him the son of consolation. But you see, the Bible speaks of him as one who had more. That is why when they have this feud with Mark, eh? do you realize Barnabas didn't rebuke Paul for his mistake? Yet Paul was very quick to rebuke Peter for eating with a... for, for leaving the meals with a heathen. Are you hearing me? When he sees the Jewish guys from Judea. But you see, Barnabas, listen, Barnabas, Barnabas, I know Barnabas thought, you, you killed people. This boy left us in ministry, but you, you killed people. You were there at the killing of Stephen. You clapped your hands. Now the place of this little boy, because he's young, leaving us in ministry, you, be, you make it a very huge deal, eh? but you don't see Barnabas giving Paul lecture. No. Paul is too anointed. God is revealing to him things. The guy just gets a hold of who? This little guy who, and then for him he goes his way. You understand? And Barnabas has to hold back and watch this guy grow by God. And later in old age, the guy says, hey, some young men have also left me now. You understand? This is many years ago. Barnabas, let it be. You understand? Eh? Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. This is Paul in his old age. Okay? And he's departed unto Thessalonica. Eh? Crescent to Galatia. Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark. And bring him with thee. For he is profitable to me for the ministry. He's seeing it way later. And Barnabas didn't come to tell him. Ah, I have a feeling Paul got more respect for Barnabas as he grew. You understand? I have a feeling Paul had more respect for Barnabas as he grew. But there was a point where. He, greatest of the apostles. <laughs> In fact, he used to boast, no apostle matches me. You see that canality. No apostle matches me. Let me tell you, Paul. Let me tell you, Paul. <laughs> it doesn't matter how apostolic you were. You needed Barnabas <laughs> to take you to Jerusalem. Because you needed to communicate your gospel to them which are of reputation, lest you run your race in vain. You needed the hand of James and Peter. Even though you got the mysteries. But remember the Bible says, lest I had run my race in, in vain. In vain. But you see, such men as Barnabas, we call immature. You get my point? Why? Because they give back more. And hold their peace. And look like they don't know. But Barnabas knew too much. Somebody say Barnabas knew too much. Why? Because at the separation, both of them were separated for the work which the Lord had called them. Hallelujah. And Paul needed Barnabas all his life to keep him in check. You understand? Because apostle might overgo. You get where I'm coming from? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Are we learning something? So anyways, back to the point where I wanted to go. So, when, when we understand that there is, a, 
there is a love that must be in our spirits before the Lord trusts us with certain things. You realize that God could not reveal certain things to Paul at a certain level of him walking out of love. Because he would be so vainly puffed up. In fact, at a particular point, another guy, the guy overwent. And God says, ah, let me put a messenger to buffet this guy. He says, and to keep me from getting puffed up because of the abundance of revelation. Sadly, some Christians who don't even know the first lines of the New Testament, even them they claim, but God is buffeting me. <laughs> In your life, you say, hey, why is God buffeting this guy? He doesn't even know the book of Romans. He's also saying, God is buffeting me. His grace, his grace is sufficient. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, Lokoka. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So, when the Lord, I need to, to share something. When the Lord shares the place of knowledge increasing and the church has to adopt, now my fear is the place of stagnation. Hallelujah. The place of what? Stagnation as a church. And yet we think that we are what? Moving somewhere. Why? Because in every generation, there is a healing, there is a prophetic, there is a, an evangelistic arm, there is a pastoral, and sometimes it's just God continuing for his name's sake, but not necessarily the adaptation and mutation of the church into a certain picture. Listen, when the Bible says that the glory of the latter church shall be greater than the glory of the former, eh, 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 do you realize that he's speaking about a very big picture about the glory you're supposed to be having? Now, let me give you an example. I read for you Philip. Philip was at the beginning of the early church when knowledge was not as it is now. Understand me. If knowledge increases in the last days, you and I know more than Philip. I was supposedly supposed to know more than Philip for what it's worth. But an angel talks to this guy and angels talk to many of you. He speaks to the Ethiopian eunuch preaches the gospel, and the Bible says, and, and the Spirit of the Lord carried him, caught him. The Bible says, Philip was caught by the Spirit. And the Bible says, he was found in Azotus. He was found. Listen to that language. When, if God had said he found himself it means that it was a shock to Philip. But it wasn't a shock to Philip. It was a shock to them who found him. Philip had a certain relationship with God. Wherewith he was, it wasn't a miracle that he was caught up. No. That is why when he reached Azotus, the Bible didn't say, and then he testified. No. The Bible says, and he continued to preach in all the cities. Disappear, appear in one place. You don't even tell them, by the way, it disappeared and I appeared. No. He just continues. By the way, great is the mystery of godliness. He was vindicated in the spirit. He was seen by the angels, preached on the world. The world believed on him. And probably, probably, eh, God finds that the language should be found in Azotus. Not him finding himself in Azotus. He didn't say, oh my God, where am I? No. It means that from the onset of the morning when he woke up to go and testify about Jesus, when the Spirit of the Lord told him that the angel awaited thee, God had already, I mean, the angel had told him that go to the guy, uh, uh, to, to, to the Ethiopian eunuch. The Spirit of the Lord had already ministered to him the whole day's program. He knew 
that at midday he'll do something and then after that go to Azotus, preach the gospel. And it's like a continuation of the mandate that he has to carry to preach toward God. And look at a man caught up in the book of Acts and up to today. Men, we are just, the highest I've seen men caught up is in the spirit. We are just caught up in the spirit. You don't get it. I have had spiritual experiences. But I told God, no, 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 no. There's something must change. Listen, I have been carried by the Spirit, attended meetings, you understand. Even when we prophesied the Kenyan bombs, I first attended a certain Muslim meeting, by the way. And I told people, and they laughed until the bombs began. You understand? But now, I want more. I don't want to be carried in the Spirit. No. I want to finish Fanero. Disappear. Appear in Amsterdam. Preach the gospel in Amsterdam. Be caught up and be found in New York City, Manhattan. Live the gospel in Manhattan. Be caught up and be found in Libya, Tripoli. Then come back for dinner. Like nothing happened. God help us. See, there's something wrong. First Peter chapter 124, he spoke of the place where he spoke of the experience of salvation. He says, for all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man, all of it, the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withereth and the flower thereof falleth. And he says, but the word of God abided forever. Why? Because you are speaking of being born again. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. Some people think incorruptible is not only sinning. That's one of them. Incorruptible means you can't be corrupted. You can't. Ah. You see, the Bible says that creation and vanity without its own self. Are you hearing me? The Adamic nature is already corruptible. And sometimes the place of corruptible is the place of its limitation to function in the spirit realm. That's what corruption is. Because you can never speak of corruption without defining the transcendence of the other world. Corruption is not what you see here on earth. Corruption is what is spiritual. Are you getting where I'm coming from? And he says, but the word of God abideth and liveth forever. But he was trying to quote Isaiah 40. And in Isaiah chapter 40 from the first verse, he spoke of, begin from the first verse, he spoke of, comfort ye, come your people, saith your Lord. Uh-huh. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received of the Lord's hand double of all her sins. Uh-huh. The voice of him that cries in the wilderness Okay? Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight. Who is that? Uh-huh. Make straight what? Make what? Straight in the desert. A highway for our Lord. Uh-huh. Every valley shall be exalted. Listen. Every mountain shall be made low. The crooked shall be made straight. And the rough places what? Plain. And the glory, listen, of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Next verse. The voice said, Cry. And he said, What shall I 
cry. He said, cry that all flesh is grass and the godliness thereof is as the flower of the field. Next verse. Listen to this. Uh-huh. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. In other words, the essence of the Holy Ghost is to blow flesh and its glory. Every time we are related with the Holy Ghost, the word of God is spirit and it is truth. As knowledge comes to the church, it's blowing flesh out. It's blowing flesh out. It's blowing flesh out. Terrestrial is turning celestial. Meaning are entering walls, you understand, and going through trees. Why? Because every time the word comes in, it is blowing away the flesh and its glory. What, what in a man is glory? Anything that you know can be accomplished by a man. The spirit of God is trying to blow it out. So that when men look at us, they realize this, this, this is not a man. Listen, it's another when people call us men of God. It's another when they don't know anymore whether we are men or we are spirits. Jesus appeared to a room with the door is locked. And the Bible says, and he appeared unto them. And the Bible says, and this is love made perfect. That we might have confidence on that day when I need to pass through a wall. That we might have confidence on that day when I need to pass through a tree. That we might have confidence on that day when I need to disappear from Uganda. And appear in Rwanda. For as he is. Not as he was. Get it? Not as he was. God is not calling the church to do the things Jesus did. God is calling the church to do the things Jesus is doing. Present continuous. Think about it. Isaiah explains it. The glory of the grass, sorry, the flesh and its glory, the only thing that fades it away is the spirit of the Lord blowing. The spirit of the Lord blowing. The spirit of the Lord blowing. And as the word, he says, because the next line says, because the word of God liveth, that's the next line, verse 8, and abideth forever. It shall stand forever. Because this is what God wants to do. By his spirit he's blowing our flesh. Perfecting the manifestation of the word in us. That in the end men will look at us and not say that that is Nixon. They will say that that is the word. He wants to blow away the form of man. He wants to. Because it was just a form. He took on the form of man. He humbled himself as unto the cross. Are you hearing me? The reason why Jesus needed the form of a man was just to humble himself on the cross and died for us. When that was finished, he doesn't expect us to glory in the form of a man. He haven't I said that ye are gods? The Bible says, if, if, if he told them they are gods, to whom the word of the Lord came, of which it is impossible for the word of God to what? To be broken. Are you hearing me? Here, what about them to whom the word of God came into? Here, then he says, to whom the word of God came. He called them gods. To whom the word of God came. Now, for you, the word of God did not come to you. No, it entered inside you. And this is the mystery which was hid from the ages past and now revealed, which is Christ in me, the hope of glory. How much more am I supposed to function if Christians are still giving testimonies of getting visas in two days we are stagnant 
if we are still giving testimonies of eight hour flights to Chicago, we are stagnant. Because we are redeeming the time. If we are still celebrating the glory of Paul and the glory of Peter, I say there's a problem. That could not have made Abraham to dance. The Bible says that your father Abraham rejoiced. He saw my day and he was glad. He, he rejoiced. He, he saw men. You see, it's a miracle to have a car. But I've seen a near future where I won't need cars. And if we, the day we drive, we shall be too humble. It will be humiliated to drive. But they said, no, today she's too humble. She took her car. How will your daughter wake up at night and go to club? Moment she's there, the Holy Spirit gives you network. You look for her, you tell her, darling, get in the car. What are you doing here? You're not telling her in the spirit, no. You're there physical. How? When will your husband cheat on you? How? 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 The day he talks to a woman, bah, you appear. And you tell him, uh-huh, who she is. Who she is. Thieves will break through houses. As they are running with it, you appear before him. You tell him, take it back. This is love made perfect. That we might have confidence on that day. For as he is, so are we. God, I need you. This is it. He wants to blow us by the Spirit to a place where we become the Spirit and the Word. Why? Because you're begotten of the Word of God. And in another verse he says that, and so is everyone which is begotten of the spirit for they are like a wind. You know it's not from whence it cometh, nor where it bloweth, but you feel it. And he's looking for a reconciliation where the spirit and the word agree. And they're not agreeing from air. They're agreeing inside the Christian. The word of God says with God all things are possible. The spirit in the man is doing the impossible. I saw a vision of men. I saw a vision of men preaching. And the guy wanted to lay a hand on somebody behind. And he flew just in air. Receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Ghost. He's flying. Receive the Holy Ghost. He's not walking through with ashes, no. Because nobody gets slain going up. <laughs> Hope I'm running mad, I don't know. But I feel like there's something disturbing my head every time I pray. God do something for us. That when men see it, they'll say, this one has never been anywhere. It has never been written in any book. It has never, oh God. Why is knowledge coming to us? Why is knowledge like that coming to us? 
Except God is starting to do certain things. Now I don't want to just visit places. No. I want to go there physically. Physically. When a guy does something, I disappear and appear somewhere. Then you'll see whether people can cheat and lie. And Where are you? I'm in Kampala Road, but the guy is in Mukono. You disappear, you appear. What? You tell him, why did you lie to me? Then you disappear. You don't even wait for them to say sorry. By the mere fact that they've seen you, they are sorry. Even you in your heart, you know it. In Romans 8.16, he said that the spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Uh-huh. And he says, and if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. You understand? For I recall that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Not to us. No, in us. Are you hearing me? Next verse. And he says, for the honest expectation, this thing kills me, of the creature awaited for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Are you hearing me? Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty. I don't know whether you understand what that means. God is saying that we, are, we carry the anointing that can deliver a creature out of corruption. Meaning, God is going to raise a church of a man who will say, I want this tree in heaven. And he will change it from corruptible to incorruptible by reason of the word. But is, it, is, is that, listen, but you're the one who says with God all things are possible. I'm not the one. It's him who says. With God all things are possible. Do you know where we are going? Christians, let's wake up. Let's stop playing in the church. No. In fact, me now, even the one praying now is very crazy. I, I don't want to waste time anymore with even certain people. Not, not out of pride, but I've realized that certain people are, are so they're too stagnant. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Man, let's seek God. There, there is some, this is the hope in our spirits. That we are going to see things that our fathers never believed existed. People are going to look at it and say, Thus saith the Lord. The Bible says in Isaiah, where he says that, um, and the Lord shall bless us and the world shall fear. The whole nation, the whole world. Yeah? Yeah. He, he spoke of a place where God wants to bless the church. Eh? And, and people don't say, wow, no. People fear. I, I'm not talking of a place where God is going to bless you. Eh? And then people say, wow, he's blessed. No. I'm talking of a place where God is going to bless you. And men are going to start fearing. The, the, the Bible says, and the world will fear. The world will fear. Uh-huh. That's it. Thank you, Psalm 67. I'm sorry. Verse 7. He says, God, read it. God shall bless us. 
and all. And the Lord told me, the church is moving into a place where the blessing on youth makes men fear. Where the blessing on you makes men fear. Men just fear. We are not talking about blessings. Men can say, wow, he's blessed. No. God is going to do something in you. And a guy will look at you and start shaking like this. He's not shaking because he's timid. No. He's shaking because what he's seeing in you has to scare anybody who breathes oxygen and whose body still pumps blood. He told me the church is about to get to a point of being feared again. The days of fearing the church are come. People will even fear talking about you. Men will pass and they say, hey, 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 that is, that is, that is, put your name. That is, hey, 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 The time is going to come where men can't say anything. The, the whole world will fear. Man, imagine when you carry a power to make a man blind anytime. Immediately, the moment he does, you just do. You don't even talk. You switch him off. Then you come back. Just in two seconds, and then you switch him back on. You don't even say anything. Then you, you don't even say anything. You keep quiet. Man, back in that time, you call Tutia. Mwe, mwe. Back in that time, you call Batia. Watch this. Somebody get to your feet. I feel like praying. Listen. I want you to pray a prayer because the power of God is about to do something in this room. I just want you to take a minute and make a prayer. I don't want you to pray something stagnant. Don't pray something you've prayed before. Pray something you've never prayed for. Halaba. Halababa. The power of God is here. Can I see somebody hungry? Baba. Somebody speak to God. Jesus. 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 There's just something about The power of God is here. Jesus. Receive it. Like raindrops. After the rain. Jesus. 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 
the heavens and earth proclaim the kings and kingdoms shall pass away but they something Listen. Somebody raise your hands in the heavens. Just raise your hands in the heavens. Right now, as I speak, separation is coming now. Now! 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 Separation now! I came for somebody. I came for somebody. I came for somebody. I came for somebody. I came for some Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Wherever they are. Wherever they are. Wherever they are. Wherever they are. Where are they, my God? I feel an anointing in my bones. Somebody is being separated now. Now, now, oh my God, 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 what I has not seen. I see, this is heavy. This is heavy. Power of the Holy Ghost. Her name. Oh, oh, oh. Thank you, Holy Ghost. 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 Masaraba ba 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 ba. And I see worshippers in this room. Receiving an anointing. Anybody with the spirit of worship. God. The, your worship. Is going to take men into other worlds. In the name. Of Jesus. Jesus. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. God delivers you woman. God delivers you. God delivers you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I feel the presence of God here. I see Lord. I see even you. The Lord. It's For the people of the earth, I see the Lord. Receive it in the name of Jesus. I see, receive it. The Lord. 
have seen the King upon the throne who reigns forever. Receive it. Receive it. I see. I see like a bottle from heaven. It's pouring out. No revelation. The Lord says, knowledge. Just receive it in the name of Jesus. Listen, I just had the Lord say that he wakeneth my ear to hear as one which is learned. And the Lord says that's for prophetic people in this room. You're not going to hear as learning men. You're going to hear as learned men. Holy Ghost. 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 Marabasatarara. If you're sick, touch where it's hurting now. You're receiving healing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody's life is changing from today. From today. From today. From today. From today. Listen, God is going to use us. Me, I feel it. Me, I feel it. God is going to use us. God is going to use us. God is going to use us. Listen, you're here and you say, Me, I want to be born again. I want Jesus. You say, I want to be born again. Anybody, you say, I want to be born again. Repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe with my heart and I confess with my mouth that you died and rose again. I am born again. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest.